Welcome everyone. My name is Darren Snow and I am the senior pastor at Crossroads Community Church in Aurora, Illinois. And I am so glad that you are joining us for today's podcast of our weekly Sunday sermon. Good morning, saints. It is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, is it not? On this tailgate Sunday. So many of you are loud and proud with, uh, with your jerseys there. Uh, where do I see? Amy, are you wearing Florida? Is that Florida? We got some Florida. We got some bears. We got a lot of bear, bears and Packers today. Bears and Packers today. Hey, I don't have a, a dog in that fight, but just to show you what the Lord has done in my life. Uh, January 11th, 2015, Dez caught it. Took a moment, didn't it? Some of you have no clue what I'm talking about. Packer fans, you know that Dez caught it. But we'll let that go because it is Tailgate Sunday. We're so glad that you are here. If you are visiting with us, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, my name is Darren Snow. I'm the senior pastor here on behalf of, well, Pastor Matt and Pastor Caleb, Pastor Juan, all of our pastoral staff and elders. We're just delighted to have you with us. If you're watching us online, great to have you with us uh, as well. And if you are visiting with us, uh, that little video was a tip-off. Uh, today is week number two of a short six-week message series entitled We Believe, which is an ongoing series. This edition is We Believe in the Church. We Believe in the Church. And we're talking about the church, capital C, okay, God's Church, the, the, the meta-narrative of the New Testament church that began some 2,000 years ago. And specifically, we're talking about God's design for the church. And so I'm going to ask you if you have your Bibles, and I hope that you do. I want you to pull them out. You can turn or tap to Acts chapter 2. Now I'm going to ask you to multitask because as you are opening up your Bibles, for those of you who are here, you can find us online. If you're watching us online, I want you to pull out what we call what's happening. You should have grabbed one of these when you came in. There's something really, really important coming up this coming Wednesday, this coming Wednesday the 13th, and that is our first public school parenting workshop. All right, our first public school parenting workshop. For those parents who have children in the public schools, some unique uh, challenges these days in some of our schools. And so the question that we're going to be asking and hopefully answering to some degree is, how do we meet those as Christians in a God-honoring way? Uh, we've got some of our principals, administrators, and teachers uh, that are going to be there. If you are a teacher or administrator, we would love to have you there. Uh, because you're right on the front lines as Christians in the public schools, but we want to invite you parents to come out to that. We're going to have some good conversation, see where the Lord leads us. This will be happening across the street on the other part of our property in what we lovingly call the shed, and that will be starting promptly at 6.30. We invite you to come out and be a part of that this coming Wednesday the 13th. Okay, so if you, if you weren't with us, like, let's just jump in, uh, jump in. If you weren't with us last week, there's a couple of things that we learned as we began to set a foundation for this short message series. And the first thing that we learned is that the church, okay, again, capital C, the big church, the worldwide church, the church is God's design, among other things, but to care, to equip, <clears throat> excuse me, and to reach. The church is God's design. Uh, to care, to equip, and to reach. And the second thing that we talked about last week was really, really important. We talked about what the church is and what the church is not. What the church is not is a building, although we have a beautiful church that we get to call home. The church is not a building. It is not a, a, a place. It is not an organization. But rather, what the church is, is people. It's you. It's me. It is us, what the Apostle Paul calls 
uh, among other things, and we saw this as we took a, a, a look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, the body of Christ. And we are a part of the worldwide body of Christ. Now, if you were with us last week, I read very quickly and I told you that uh, we were going to dive into this text, which we're going to do right now, which is Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. Acts 2, 42 through 47. I'm going to read it for you, and then as we always do here at Crossroads, I'm going to unpack it for you, and we'll see what the Lord has for us today. Okay, here we go, verse 42. And they, the they is this new Christian community, and they devoted themselves to the apostles, to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. The apostles, we can use synonymously, would be the disciples, the 11 disciples, so the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. To the breaking of bread and the prayers... And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all of the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Okay, saints, when we take the time to go in and unpack these, what, five or six verses, whatever it is, five verses, uh, what we see here is four characteristics of the early church, of that first burgeoning New Testament church, that should be, that should be characteristics of the church today and every Bible-believing church. So let's take a quick look at these four characteristics and see how we're doing here at Crossroads with these. The first thing that we see in our text is it was a learning church. It was a learning church. Let's go back to the first part of verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, we got a lot of teachers and principals uh, that are part of our church. This must have been a teacher's dream Because you've got 3,000 brand new students. Remember, day of Pentecost, 3,000 came. And as we'll see here in just a moment, the Lord was continuing to bring new believers. So you've got 3,000 new students. And believe it or not, all of them were hungry for truth. They were eager students. And so all of these eager students, these teachers, the disciples, the 11 disciples, they began to teach. And they went back to the Old Testament scriptures. And they began to connect the Old Testament scriptures, more specifically the Old Testament prophecies that prophesied about the coming of the Messiah. They connected the prophecies with Jesus himself who fulfilled every one of those prophecies, uh, every jot and every tittle. The the disciples were with Jesus 24-7, 365 for three years. So they began to share with all of these new believers, all of, these, uh, all of their excuse me, eyewitness accounts. They began to share with them all of the things that Jesus did over the course of those three years. And not only the things that he did, but the words that he spoke. And of course, these were later written down and codified into what we call the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then, don't miss this in the text, all of this is going on. 
And God himself confirms their teaching by signs and wonders and miracles. What a, what a time that must have been on the day of Pentecost and then moving forward in the days and weeks and months to come as God just manifested uh, himself. And these people began to experience the reality of and the power of God, the Holy Spirit. And they are hungry for biblical truth. It was a learning church. I pray that we still are a, a learning church hungry for the truth of God's word. Here's the second thing that we see. We see that that first New Testament church was a loving church in the full sense of that word. Let's go to the second part of verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the fellowship. And they devoted themselves to the fellowship. Now, I'm not going to take the time to do it, but you can go home this afternoon and you can read through and study verses 42 through 47 on your own. And what you're going to see is a couple of things. They were so unified, unity really important, sermon for another day, but they were unified in their love for Jesus and they were unified in their love for each other. If you look at the text, those who were in need, and there were many in need, were given help. There was just this, this commonality of sharing with each other. And if you look at that and study it, it truly was as simple as this is. It was love and it was generosity in action from a community perspective. So they're learning and they're loving. And then what we see next is they were worshiping. It was a worshiping church. And again, in the full sense of that word, it was a worshiping church. Let's look at the last part of verse 42. And they, these new Christians, and they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread and the prayers. The text says that they're meeting in the temple. They've been doing that for thousands of years. And now not only are they meeting in the temple, but they are also meeting in their homes and they were worshiping. What does that look like? Well, the text tells us we're still doing that even today. The breaking of bread, uh, biblical scholars say that that's kind of a both and. Uh, that is breaking of bread, sharing meals together is something that they were doing on a regular basis. But also what biblical scholars uh, are unified in is that not only were, were, they, were they having a meal together, uh, but they were also uh, beginning to practice the sacrament of Holy Communion. So from two different perspectives, they're breaking bread together. No doubt praying together, as I mentioned before, studying the word together. No doubt singing together psalms and hymns. And just imagine, just for a moment, in, in that special, special time, um, as the New Testament church was birthed, just the, the sense of joyful community that they were experiencing at a very deep level as they came together and worshiped together, not unlike what we have the opportunity to do every Sunday when we come together. Okay? So living and uh, learning, excuse me, and loving and worshiping. And then the last thing, and I don't want us to miss this, it was very much a reaching church. It was very much a reaching church. Let's drop down to verse 47. And the Lord added to their number daily, day by day by day, those who were being saved. Again, try to put yourself into the text. How incredible it must have been as, you know, a day of Pentecost, 3,000 are saved and more are, are being added every day. The apostles are teaching, the people are hungry for the word of God, and the Spirit, as we say all the time here at Crossroads, the Spirit's doing all the heavy lifting. 
The people are doing what it is that God is calling them to do, specifically the disciples and so many others. But God the Holy Spirit is moving in a very real and in a very powerful way. And what you see here, not only in Acts chapter 2, but throughout the book, uh, book of Acts, is those who are experiencing God in their lives just being turned inside out and upside down. They're experiencing God in ways that, that, that really few people had experienced up until that time. And they su- simply could not keep this experience to themselves. I think the right word is they were compelled. They could do no other. They were compelled to tell anyone who would listen who this Jesus was, what this Jesus had done. And just like, I don't know, the ripples in a pond or or, or waves in the ocean, as God begins to move, it just begins to ripple and ripple and ripple. And more are coming to know Jesus every single day. And now here we are some 2,000 years later, and the ripples continue. As the church, as the church, biblical churches, as the church continues to be the church. Okay, so stay with me. The early church was a learning church, it was a loving church, it was a worshiping church, and it was a reaching church. So all of that good stuff is going on. And I gave it to you quickly because there's another step that I want us to take this morning, and that is this. All of that good stuff and so much more, all of this is being done in authentic Christian community. I want you to marinate on this for a moment. Larry, leave this up there, please, sir. All of those things, the learning and the loving and the worshiping and the reaching and so many other things, all of this is being done in authentic Christian community. In other words, at that time, there was no such thing. It wasn't even a thought to be a Lone Ranger Christian. No no Lone Rangering allowed. No flying solo. No flying solo. No Lone Wolf McQuaid's out there. Somebody laughed at that. One person. Thank you, Katie. No lonely. So, you know, you hear this all the time. You hear this from people all the time. Oh, I love Jesus, but I can't stand the church. Or I love Jesus. I want to hang out with you. I don't want anything to do with other Christians. Saying that's all well and good. Well, it's not so well and good because it's not biblical. You cannot love Jesus and, 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 and not love the bride of Christ. I'm not saying it's always easy. All right? I'm not saying that at all. But you cannot separate the two. L- lone wolfing. Going solo doesn't work because it's not biblical, okay? So that's the point that I want to get. All of this great stuff that the church was doing back then that we still should be doing now was all done uh, in the midst of authentic Christian community, all right? So out of that, I just a couple of simple, simple points of truth for you. But as you hear me say all the time, just because something simple doesn't mean it's not really important. Just because something is simple does not mean it is, pro, it is not profound. And by the way, it's not profound because I'm saying it. It's profound because it's coming right out of Scripture. Okay? So, point of truth number one. Saints, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you are a Christian, if you have received the gift of salvation that you do not deserve, nor could you ever earn, if that's you, all right, then you are called to authentic Christian community. How's that for profound? If you're a follower of Jesus, this is you. Right, what, I mean, you can be crass whether you like it or not, whether you're comfortable with it or not. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is what you're called to. Authentic Christian community. Not perfect community because there's no such thing. Why is there no such thing? Because we're sinful human beings. So you're not called to perfect community, but you are called to authentic Christian community. Um. I've shared this with you before. I'm not especially proud of it. I'm I'm a little embarrassed uh, by it, but it is the truth. And that is after 20-some-odd years of wandering in the world, 
in my mid-30s, and just to be theologically correct, I don't come back to Jesus. Jesus reaches out and grabs hold of me by the nape of the neck and pulls me back to himself. And I'm, I don't know, 35, 36 at the time. And at the time that Jesus gets hold of me and brings me back to himself, uh, I'm at the same place of spiritual maturity at 36 than I was at about 16. Raised in the church, father of pastor, good assembly of God boy. Let me tell you what, when you're in the assemblies back in the day, I don't know what it's like now. Let me tell you, when you're in the assemblies back in the day, right, Julie, you know this, all right? You go to church every Sunday morning. You go to church every Sunday evening. You go to church every Wednesday evening. And if you're a boy, you go to Royal Rangers on Saturday morning. And when you're the pastor's son, you hit them all. So I knew it all. And at 16, I don't know, I, I, you know, I wasn't the second coming of the Apostle Paul. There's no doubt about that. But I was a, you know, for 16-year-old, eh. But I'm at the same place of spiritual maturity at 36 as I was at 16. Why is that? Well, because for years and years and years, uh, I didn't have any time for Jesus. Uh, I had too many things going on, you know. So I had, I had no relationship with Jesus. And not as important, but really important, I had, I had no community with other believers, so I've got no time for Jesus. I've got no time for the church. I've got no time for brothers and sisters in Christ. Is it any shock that I was so spiritually immature? You can answer, no, Darren, it's not a shock at all. That's what happens. All right? No time in the Word. No time in prayer. No time with other believers. And so there I was. All right? And so that's why I say, you know, Lone Ranger Christianity doesn't work because it's not biblical. I'm not pointing the finger at anybody. I am exhibit A unfortunately. Okay? So guys, we get to experience authentic Christian community. We have an opportunity to do that every single Sunday. Not because we have to, not out of some sense of legalism, but because we what, saints? We get to. We get to come in here and warble. If you, you, know, if you can't sing like I, we get to warble together. All right? We get to sing together. We get to worship together as best we can, as best we can sing. Most Sundays, not today, but most Sundays, we get to partake of the sacrament of communion together. We don't do that as individuals. We do that together, brothers and sisters in Christ, families in Christ. Every single Sunday, either Pastor Caleb or I or third service, Pastor Juan, we say open your Bibles too, and we get into the Word. And then before service and after service, and get out of the way on Donut Sunday because you're going to get run over, we get to experience authentic community together. That's what we get to do. We get to do that every single Sunday. So, saints, we are called as followers of Jesus to authentic Christian community from this perspective. Okay? But there's more to that. If that's all that we are experiencing as, as Christians, we're missing it. And this is the second very simple point of truth, but let me take you to it. Saints, we are called biblically. This is not the call from Darren. This is the call biblically. We are called to deeper, richer, and more transparent relationships. I'll change that just a little bit than what's on the screen. Larry, again, I want you to leave this up here, brother, for just a moment. As Christians, we are called beyond this gathering to deeper, richer, more transparent relationships. We're going to go out there on tailgate Sunday, and we're going to have some fun. And we're going to eat a hot dog or hamburger or two or three or five. We're going to have some chips. Some of you brought some, some sweets, you know, whatever. We're going, to go out, we're, going to have, we're going to have a lot of fun, and hopefully you're going to meet some people that you do not know. And it's going to be awesome. That's why we do it every year. It's awesome. Okay? The Packer fans are going to come up, and, and, and they're going to, uh, you know, say they're sorry that uh, that call was overturned. 
eight, almost nine years ago, and I'll be very gracious in that. All right? But as wonderful as that is going to be, it is not like when you are together with a smaller group. There's nothing like it. It, it, it's not the same. And every church calls them something different. We call them life groups here at Crossroads. When a group of men get together, 6, 8, 10. When a group of women get together. In our co-ed groups, we have a lot of co-ed. Young adult groups. Young adults, don't, don't say there's nothing here for you, young adults. There is. Middle school students, high school students, children. Our, our philosophy of ministry, if you're visiting with us here at Crossroads this morning, if you're watching us online for the first time, is really, really, really simple. Preach and teach unapologetically the Bible. Ask the question every week, what does the Bible have to say about that? My opinion doesn't mean squat. All right? And, and then we ask you to get into a circle. That's it. it. And we do a lot of other things. We do a lot of mission stuff. It's all great. It's all wonderful. And it's really, really simple. Preach and teach the Bible. Get into a circle. All right? And these smaller groups give us connection to different perspectives, okay? Two different perspectives. The first is we get to go deeper uh, from a biblical connection perspective. Say, so Pastor Caleb and I, Pastor Juan, third service, we're, we're going to, every single Sunday, we're going to say open up the Bible too. I mean, those of you that call Crossroads Home, you know, we just finished seven months in the book of Ephesians. Six chapters, 155 verses, went, and that's what we do every single Sunday. We did it a little shorter today because we've got some other things going on. All right, but we're going to give you 35, 40 minutes of biblical teaching. But there's only so far we can go in 35 minutes. When you meet together for an hour, hour and a half, some of you meet, good gracious, a lot longer than that, you're going to be able to go deeper and broader, and you're going to talk about how do we apply even more so than what we were taught on Sunday. Okay, so you've got a deeper biblical connection, but then you also have the opportunity for a deeper relational connection. And here's what you're going to find, all right? And this is what I found. You get into that group life for the first time, and here's what you're going to find. What you're going to find is everybody else in that circle is just like you. They got the same stuff going on in their lives. You thought I was going to say it, didn't you? Paul, I see that look on your face. Sarah, you're grinning from ear to ear down there. You just knew I was going to say it. I'm not. Okay, We've all got the same stuff. I'm serious. We've all got the same stuff. There is no such thing as a perfect person. There is no such thing as a perfect family. There is no such thing as a perfect marriage. There is, there is, there is, there is no such thing. We're all sinners saved by God's grace. I said it last week. I'll say it to you again. You walk into that group for the first time, and here's what you're going to find out real quick. Nobody comes in with a big S on their chest and, 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 a, and a red cape behind them. There's no such thing as superwoman or superman or super Christian. There's no, we all got our stuff, right, Robert? We get together on Wednesday mornings at 6 a.m., right, Robert? And what do we find out, Robert? We all got the same stuff. We all got the same stuff. Now, I could sit here and yak at you all day, and I'm, I promise I'm not, I'm not trying to wag my finger at anybody. Oh, Lord, who am I to do that? I'm not. All right? But I do want to try to underscore the importance of biblical community, not because it's my opinion, but because it's God's word. And I could sit and yak about it, but what we figured we would do today is, is let some other folks yak for a little bit. People, three folks just like you who call Crossroads home that all had to kind of make that decision to step out in faith. So can we give them a round of applause? They're probably a little bit nervous. Can we ask Jeff and Cindy and Andrea to come on out? Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. 
Okay, as soon as you get settled in there and your mics are turned on, good. Andrea, I'm going to ask you to start first and last name and how long you've been coming to Crossroads. Let's start there. My name is Andrea Stone, and it will be two years next month. Two years next month. Mm -hmm. Cindy. Uh, Cindy Furchin. We've been coming here about seven years. Jeff. <laughs> uh, Jeff Furchin. And you've been coming how long, Jeff? Uh, I think seven years. <laughs> yeah, so we've got um, three kids. Um, Kara, Alyssa, and Noah, 20, 25 and 23. Beautiful. So family. Okay. So Andrew's been here a little bit less of a time. Jeff has seen him a little bit more of a time. Okay. So here's the first question. Andrew, I'm going to start with you. Okay. All right. Um, everybody's got a different story when it comes to getting in that circle. Everybody's got a different story. So when you were contemplating getting in a circle, were you excited? Were you scared to death? <laughs> w would you rather have, I don't know, eaten glass? Where were you in your head and heart when you were thinking about taking this step of faith? Tell us about that. I was very hesitant and scared, all of that in one. <laughs> Is there a reason for that? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, at the last church I was at, um, the women's group I was in, I just didn't feel seen. Hmm. I kind of just went to church, and I left, and same with the group, and I just didn't have any community um, through that, and so... Yeah, that's why I started coming. So because of that experience, when you were thinking about getting into a circle here, I'm yeah. assuming some of that went through your mind? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, shock now, not every group at Crossroads is perfect. <laughs> you hear me? Okay. And I appreciate Andrea being very vulnerable and saying that, uh, you know, her experience was it's the same thing. But I'm going to say to you now what I've said to you before. Just because you go to a restaurant and have a bad meal doesn't mean you're, mean you're never going to go to a restaurant again. Ah, very, very profound, right, Dan? <laughs> very profound, dear. Sandy, what about you? How, what was going through your heart and mind before you and Jeff decided to jump into a circle? Um, I, I was excited. I wanted to get into a group. Were you really? Yeah, <laughs> Some of them are going, no, come on, she's yeah. just saying that. No. Why were you excited, Cindy? What, because that is a lot different than a lot of people's, certainly different than my experience. I was more yeah. in Andrea's camp. Well, why were you so excited? Well, I had been to Bible studies and met with in groups with women, you know, and I just wanted more of that, and I just thought if we went together, that would be good for us. Okay, so Cindy's excited. <laughs> Jeff, were you as excited as Cindy? Yeah, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when Cindy says, Jeff, it's time for us to do that, what's going through your head and heart, brother? Yeah, I was, I was working a lot. I was on a plane three or, four, um, three or four days a week, just traveling, busy. The kids are doing all kinds of stuff, and we didn't have time for that, right? And quite frankly, as a guy, you know, no, I, we, can a guy. All, we can all do this. I don't need anybody's help. So when she said, let's go to a small group, I just kind of looked at her sideways. I was like, really? And so, you know, we just kind of, I, I came with an open heart. And didn't know really what to expect, so that's when we just kind of got into it for the first week. And, you know, it's just a bunch of guys like me just kind of, and we're all at different walks, figuring out where we're all at, knowing this. And I'm a competitive guy, so I don't know anything about the Bible. <laughs> so to, to not know anything, you know, I'm going to go into a group, and um, they're going to start asking questions. And, you know, you just sort of feel dumb if you don't know anything. And... That wasn't the case yeah, at all. Yeah, what a shock. Not yeah. that you weren't sitting there with 12 biblical scholars. No. <laughs> Thank goodness. Until I got in your small group. <laughs> I that think was really a lot daunting. of sarcasm in that. Oh, Darren, you didn't know that? I, I would have expected you to know that, Darren. 
Andrea. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So tell us this. In the last couple of years, mm -hmm. as you've been connected in a couple of different groups, mm -hmm. how has that helped your walk from two perspectives? One, just spiritually, mm -hmm. but then also relationally. Yeah. Tell us how your life has, has changed a bit yeah. in the last couple of years. Well, I'm going to start with relationship-wise because that was a big part of my faith journey. Okay. Um, I, when, I started first, when I first started coming here, um, I would sometimes park and not walk in because I was so nervous. Were you really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, and I knew some people, and they're all married, wonderful people. They're here. Um, but it's just looking for a different community. And so coming in was hard for me. And I went to, um, I really wanted to make Crossroads my home church. Okay. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to join this group. Do it. And I walked in, and Tosh was like, hello. You know, and I'm like, yeah. Being outgoing? That's a shock. I've never heard that before. But okay. it made me feel so welcome and seen. Um, and uh, I was introduced to a wonderful group of women. And through that, I was introduced to Flourish, which okay. is a small mentoring group mentoring. here. Mentoring. Two little birdies named yep. Jeanette and Tasha were like, we're praying for you. I'm like, oh my gosh, two groups. Like, okay. <laughs> um, and I was, uh, I met Katie and Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> and through our Flourish group, it has made my relationship so much stronger, not only with um, like us all together, but through my faith. And there are days when I struggle and I have to text them and I know I'm going to be prayed for. And there's um, just no, there's no guilt or shame or just, they, they're just there for me. And when days when I feel I have no energy or no strength through Jesus, they give me that strength, vice versa. <laughs> um, and I just, yeah, even this morning I was getting prayer. They were praying for me over voice text. I'm like, thanks guys. <laughs> um, and so just having that community of real women who are Christian, who um, are encouraging with your faith daily, made my faith strong. And I grew up in a wonderful Christian home, went to a Christian school, but still, um, as I'm growing up, <laughs> I just, I've learned so much coming here in my faith journey the last two years with learning different Bible characters that I had no idea existed and learning about how God used someone and their faith, and it's just made my whole journey just amazing. Thank so, you. Yeah. By the way, Andrea's parents were here for service, <laughs> and you've never seen two people beam <laughs> like her mom and dad were beaming this morning for service. Cindy, what about you? Uh, spiritually and or uh, relationally, how has group life helped to form you and change your life? Well, it, it, um, it's changed me a lot. Just like Andrea, I've um, found some really good friends that are very supportive, and we pray for each other and talk via text almost every day as well. So it's helped me to grow a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, spiritually, Cindy, time in the word how has that been a little i mean i talked about this before but you're able to dig deeper yeah. and a little bit longer so tell us a little yeah. bit about that from your perspective okay um well you know you set that time aside yeah and um and you you learn from others in your group of course and um you know very supportive and yeah that learning from others is such an important part right because mm -hmm. you come and I don't know, you're in a group, I don't know, Archie's sitting down here, and we're talking, and then Archie says, you know what, I either came across this myself, or I heard another pastor, or I heard, and you, ah, oh, what a beautiful little nugget. That's the way it works. Jeff, what about you, brother? Spiritually, um, relationally. 
Yeah, spiritually, I, I wasn't in the Word. I grew up Catholic, um, went to a Catholic grade school, so we were you know, going to church a couple times a week, during Lent three times a week, so it's just, we never really got into the Word. You know, It just seemed ritualistic and stuff like that. So um, once we started getting into the small group, we started you know, going over the sermon notes after church and really just digging deeper into the Word, and then you're feeding off other guys, and the competitiveness of me kicked in and started reading the Word. Um, I was still traveling at the time, so I would actually plug the Bible app in the car and listen to Scripture on my way out to trips. And just the richness of the word just kind of got into me and really just kind of changed my heart where I just wanted to know more about what I didn't know before. I mean, the common saying is you don't know what you don't know. And until you actually get into the word, um, you know, you you say all the time, memorize scripture. If you'd have told me I'm memorizing scripture, I'd have said you're crazy. But um, it's just one of those things that there's just so much in there that until you get into it, that's what it is. Let me ask you, Jeff. So Jeff is in two groups, and actually, you can say you're leading a small group now along with uh, Carol and Randy Cherry, who's Randy's back there. I see Randy. Um, but um, if, if there, were, there was probably a time in your life where if somebody would have said that for years now you would be getting up and going to a Saturday a.m., 6.30 a.m., <laughs> you would have looked at them like I, like, not three heads, uh, you know, 12 heads. Yeah. How has that experience over the years being in that men's circle? Yeah, the men's group has been a lot for me. I mean, you know, no, <laughs> we're all guys, right? We think we can do this all ourselves, and we've all got it figured out. Quite frankly, going to the men's group, um, just sitting around with a bunch of guys talking about biblical stuff and really talking about the things, we've all got things going on, right? Whether it's with our kids or with our parents or whatever it may be, we're all going through stuff. So normally guys don't talk about anything, but to see guys open up about their lives and talk about the same stuff, you know, we may be going through it at different points, but you know, Scott down here was a huge help for me just as he was leading our table at one point in time. You know, somebody asked me to lead the table. I'm like, I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> but you just grow in your faith, and really talking with yeah. other guys um, has just been a huge blessing to me. Yeah, you wake up one day, and God just is moving in your life, and you find yourself in the middle of stuff you never would have thought. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got time for one more question, Cindy. I'm going to start with you, then Andrew, then Jeff will close with you. Um, Cindy, there's probably a lot of folks out there who are listening. Some for years. I get it. That was me get it. Um, and maybe they're not excited like you were. There's probably a, a range of emotions thinking about doing this. So what would you say to that person who's on the fence? What, what would you say? What, what word of encouragement would you give? I would just say, give it a try. You never know what, what may come of it. You know, you could have some really great supportive friends. And every time I've joined a group, everybody's been so welcoming and supportive. So, and and they've all started where you're starting, you know, where they've never been to a group before. And so, yeah. So simple, so profound. Just give it a try. <clears throat> That's it. And what about you, hon? What would you say? Yeah, I would say sometimes you have to do hard things, but when you, when you do it, <laughs> you walk out. And it was, for me, it was the easiest yes, if that makes sense, that I, that, I, that I said to. And I was actually reminded of today that I didn't go to the service last year because I didn't, didn't have that community yet. Mm. And now a year later, 
that's crazy. <laughs> so Michelle was reminding me of that today, and mm. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. Mm. Like, I didn't come because I didn't have that community yet, mm. and now I'm like, yay. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, um, but leaving the first um, small group, because I was very nervous walking in, but sometimes all you have to do is walk in, and you, you're going to be greeted by somebody, and they're just going to take you under their wing, and you're going to leave feeling so happy and joyful. Doesn't it make all the, I, there's so many of us that can say this, to Andrea's point, even on a Sunday morning, in some ways even more so on a Sunday morning, that you come into a new church especially, you don't know anybody, and you just got that feeling, like everybody's looking at you, you know, you're, you're by yourself, it's intimidating, mm -hmm. right, all of those things, very, very natural, but then you you step out and you serve somewhere, like we talked about last week, or, or you step out and get in a circle, and then all of a sudden, you walk in and you're like the mayor of the place. Okay, that may be a little over the top. <laughs> but you walk in and all of a sudden you go, hey, I know Alan. Dude, I know Alan. We, we, we were on the men's retreat together. He's not a bad guy. I, I know Alan. I know Scott. I know Pastor Juan. I know Joey. I don't know him real well, but I know him. I know Sam. Right? The difference it makes when you walk into a church, even though you're not going to over heck, I don't know everybody. We got 16, 1,700 people that call us home. I, I don't know everybody, but I can walk in and say, I know Chelsea, right? It makes all the difference in the world. Mm -hmm. Okay, Jeff, last but not least, brother, uh, what would you say to that person that's kind of on the fence? Yeah, I, it's, it's scary, right? As guys, you really don't want to do that when she said we're going to a small group. No way, right? But um, really, I would just no say li listen to your heart. And even if your heart's not pulling you in the right direction, I would say listen to your wife because God works through people, right? <laughs> so I know sometimes that's hard for guys to do, right, because we're never wrong. But um, really it's just, you know, nowadays I sit where I am knowing where I was compared to where I was saved in Jesus now. It's just, and sometimes we read scripture and go through it in groups and stuff, and I'm just amazed that why did he choose me? And so the growth that you have from what it was to what it is, I would say if, if you're not in a group, get connected because we talk about community around here all the time. And community is such a great word because it's a big word. It's, it's one word smashed into two. You've got community. The first part is communication. So when you're in these small groups, you're actually talking to people, not only about God's word, but about what everybody else is going through. And the second side of it is unity. God calls us to be unified in what he's doing out there, right? So don't be a spectator. Get into the game is what I would suggest. You guys were awesome. Can we give them a round of applause? Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week. I really hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like more information on Crossroads Community Church, you can check out our website at crossroadsconnect.net. And if you are ever in our area, we would love to have you visit us in person at 3003 South Eola Road in Aurora, Illinois. I hope you have a great week, and I look forward to having you join us again soon.